Bruce McConnell just stepped down as one of the most influential cybersecurity policymakers in the federal government. As senior counselor and acting deputy undersecretary for cybersecurity at the Department of Homeland Security. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group. I recently sat down with McConnell to discuss his tenure at DHS in the first of the two-part interview, which you can find elsewhere on our website. McConnell discussed his growing appreciation of the collaboration going on between the federal government and industry to safeguard vital government and business information systems. As we pick up our conversation, McConnell offers his assessment on stalled legislation before Congress that would encourage industry to share with the government cyber threat information. So I think there are two issues in the current information sharing legislative discussion. One is where in the government is information shared? So the House decided not to decide and created reporting of cyber crimes to FBI and cyber incidents to DHS. And actually, that can work. In fact, recently, FBI created iGuardian, which is the premier portal for reporting cyber crimes. Of course, if your house or business is on fire, you don't call the investigators first, you call the fire department. And that's what DHS is creating, basically, the cyber 911 fire department concept. And it's like the kind of fire departments we find in many mid-sized American communities, where there's a core professional staff, but really volunteers who've been trained and skilled from across the community come when there is a major fire. And that's what happens today on the operations floor of the NKIC at DHS. It's a, it's a community, it's a village, including the private sector as well as uh, DHS's partners in NSA and the FBI. I think that there's a way forward in getting that worked out where it's clear that when you need to get things investigated, obviously after the fire's been put out, that FBI is the place to go for coordinating many of those investigations. The second problem with the information sharing is the question of how much liability protection should be given to firms for sharing information and other cybersecurity practices, because it gets into the critical infrastructure stuff. The information sharing legislation also looks at what people do with government information that they receive. The privacy question had to do with the sharing to the government, but there's also sharing from the government to private sector, and if firms in the private sector then take action based on information received from the government, such as there's a warning of some sort or a countermeasure of some sort that is promoted by the government and then firms take action based on that information and their customers lose service or something like that as a result of it, then are they liable for taking that action? And so I think the details of that still have not been worked out. I heard there were some fairly good discussions going to get that done. But it's complicated and it's nuanced and the runway is getting pretty short in this session. How reliant should businesses be on DHS or the government in helping them secure their IT infrastructures. Yeah, my experience when I was DHS is that there are some examples of good government private sector collaborations. Last month, during one of the uh, DDoS attacks against uh, financial services companies, DHS turned around indicators that it had received from some of the banks who were being attacked uh, and uh, turned those back around and put them out to the larger community while the attacks were still going on. 
that was a 100 times improvement in speed over six months ago in terms of the time it took us to check those indicators and validate them and then send them back out. When it works well, there's good two-way information sharing between the private sector and the government. I don't think either side of the table can rely on the other to protect them. It, it, they all have to work together to make it happen. Tell me about the Cooperative Research and Development Agreements for Information Security. So these CRADAs are a tool that we are using to arrange bilateral information sharing with specific companies. The CRADAs allow each company to tailor the conditions and how the information will be used by the government and that kind of thing. And they are uh, being used with companies who find the value in the information they get from DHS and also uh, find value in sharing information with DHS. DHS, I think, has signed some four dozen of those. And one of the things that's happening now is that companies who have signed the CRADAs are getting together in DHS-hosted meetings and sharing information on a multilateral basis with each other in a very open way. So we're starting to create a circle of trust with key security companies and a place for those conversations to happen, which I think is encouraging. Can you give an example of the kinds of information that's being shared? Absolutely. In one meeting recently, a major aerospace company was talking about specifics about a kind of intrusion it had seen, what the attack vector looked like, what the rest of the tactics techniques were, and how it had mitigated it. And so other firms in the room who hadn't seen that particular thing or were not, perhaps some of them, as sophisticated about how to deal with that kind of attack. It was really a good education, rolling up your sleeves into the nuts and bolts of how to address and mitigate an attack like that. You've left the Department of Homeland Security. The Secretary is leaving. The Deputy Secretary has left. The head of the National Protection and Programs Directorate, who's serving as acting uh, Deputy Secretary at the time we're recording this, he'll be leaving eventually. Mark Weatherford, who was Deputy Undersecretary for Cybersecurity, the post that you temporarily filled in before you left, is gone. Uh, a lot of institutional knowledge and a lot of advocates for cybersecurity leaving DHS. What impact are all these departures having on DHS? Well, the great thing about government is that the core work, of course, gets done by the civil service career civil service, they are still there. Political leadership is important. I am uh, very pleased with the kinds and caliber of the uh, nominations that the president and the secretary are making to fill in the cybersecurity slots at DHS. And I think we do go through these transitions every uh, four to eight years. And so that's what we're doing this time. But the system seems to survive and, and continue to move forward. Yeah. When you were at your job, what did you do to learn more about cybersecurity? How much time do you give yourself to think about these issues? How do you educate yourself? How do you yeah. develop your policies? Yeah. DHS is a challenging place to step back and think from. It's a very operational agency. We're always responding to things, not just in cyberspace, but in all parts of the country and all parts of uh, the environment. So that operational culture makes it difficult to step back. Um, I had the luxury for most of my service at DHS to be running a small group called Strategy and Policy. And our motto was, we're responsible things for things which are due later than tomorrow. So we did have time to step back. And as a result of that, we created the Blueprint for Secure Cyberspace, which basically lays out a long-term plan for uh, the government and for the Homeland Security Enterprise, which includes all the private sector and everyone else, showing some of the kinds of things, the capabilities that need to be built and the actions that need to be taken 
as a result of that. And uh, at this point now, DHS is writing an implementation plan for the strategy that will link the goals of the strategy to the actual budgets, so it's not shelfware, it's, it's going to be applied in reality. So there is time to do that. The place where I learn the most is by talking to uh, people in the private sector who are on the front lines of the fight and are on the front lines of the technology. So whenever I can, I try to hang out with smart people from there. There are also a lot of smart technologists at DHS, and so there's a lot of different ways to get the information. But it seems to me in this environment, with the technology changing as fast as it is, you really got to just talk to people who are working on it. There's some in Congress, as Senator McCain often is cited, as people who feel that there's maybe too much authority given to DHS in overseeing not only the civilian side of government IT security, but also relationship with the private sector. Why is he wrong? Or why are those people wrong? It is true that we as a society, and even globally, have not defined and are not clear or in agreement anyway on the role of government in securing cyberspace. This is different than any other area of security where we do understand the role of government. I, I'm responsible for locking my house and the police are responsible for patrolling the street. We don't have that, we're not there yet in cybersecurity, so it, it makes sense that there's hesitation about uh, where to assign things to the government and where to leave it to the private sector. At the same time, DHS does have recognition from the president in an executive order and presidential policy directive that it's responsible for protecting critical infrastructure and it would be helpful to DHS to perform that mission if the Congress were able to codify some of those authorities just to make things clear for everybody without going so far and, and creating unnecessary specificity. As to the question of trust, which I think is a big deal, both trust in government generally and trust in DHS in particular, and, and DHS interactions with the public, of course, at airports and other places, in disasters, etc., such as uh, Hurricane Sandy, I think everybody would agree a mixed bag. It's a young agency and it's still growing and learning how to be responsible and become more mature. If you think about where you might want to assign cybersecurity responsibilities in the government, it will be hard to do better than with DHS. So what's next in your career? In the months ahead, I'm looking forward to a mixed portfolio of things. I expect to be taking a senior position at the East-West Institute in Manhattan. I like this tagline. It's forging collective action for a safer and better world. EWI has a strong cybersecurity program, and one of the things I'll be doing is expanding that into a cyberspace program, cyberspace policy and governance and also cyberspace development. It's an organization that has a lot of trust at senior levels of government and companies around the world, and that's what we need in cyberspace. Okay, when do you start? Sometime in September. In addition to that, I will have associations with the Center for Strategic and International Studies, CSIS, and with the faculty at the University of Washington, my graduate school alma mater, and I expect to be doing some consulting as well. Take any time off? Taking most of August off. Okay. Well, thank you, Bruce. <laughs> Thanks so much, Eric. That's Bruce McConnell, who just stepped down as one of DHS's top cybersecurity policymakers. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.